But first, a little disclaimer. We are prefacing a lot of the appeal of this podcast on the fact that we're prosecutors. However, we need you to understand we are not doing this podcast in our professional capacity as prosecutors. We're doing this as people after hours on our own time with our own equipment. Now, we know a lot about the law by virtue of what we do, uh, but we're also just interested in true crime. So our opinions and commentary in this podcast are not the opinions of our office or our employer. They are not our professional opinions, and nothing in this podcast should be construed as legal advice or anything other than three friends blowing off some steam together. So with that in mind, don't try this at home. You know what it is. This is Joe. And Cheryl. And I'm Ray. And this is No True Bill. Part four of the yogurt shop, the final installment. Uh, really hope you enjoy this. We recorded it just before we recorded our Christmas extravaganza. So we had a lot of fun. Hope you do too. Hi, Raymond. Does anyone remember right. where we left off when Raymond was telling us a story? Uh, so I, you know, I, I think Maurice was in danger. Uh, yeah, I think we talked about, we talked about, they came at Maurice and because dude got popped for the gun in his pocket sorry he got popped for the gun in his pocket at <laughs> the uh, at the mall yeah i think it was a week or so after the murders and then and it was tested and it was not the gun that did anything right that was don't let that bother you um but at the time before they even did the testing he got popped he was with forrest wellborn he also got hooked up then Maurice tells the story about, well, I was out at the fungus kicking it. Yeah. Forrest asked to borrow my gun, came back smelling a hairspray, mm-hmm. said he did something bad and he wanted to do it again. And then they wire up. <laughs> and it's just the two of them crying, arguing about who's more scared. Right. They wire up Maurice and then it devolves into, oh, no, I'm more scared. Fuck you. I'm more scared. They're going to rape me. I'm pretty. You know, like that sort of thing. And so... I think that's essentially where we had left it off. Okay. Well, I mean, we also got Because we through, talked about the hypnosis. We yeah. talked yeah, about... Yeah, that they brought him for several that. statements, and he was very cooperative. And yes. That years had gone <clears throat> by, and they'd gotten older, and you told us what all four of them that's were true. doing. That's true. Um, we talked about how they actually... Uh, Paul Johnson actually spoke with Wellborn and was like, I don't think this dude did this. Yeah. And I, I mean... Jones and company said the same thing back in 91. Right. They uh, 91, took 92. The right. But then when Johnson delved back into Pearson, Pearson M, he was like, <laughs> yo, I actually maybe think that this well-born cat wasn't involved. He really doesn't know anything. And then I think that's roundabout where we left off. You know, you, they moved on. And I think perhaps chronologically where we, where the story picks back up is in 99. Well, and perhaps before we take it to the 99, we should let people know that we're in a different locale. We've spent an hour trying to set this thing up, and yes. I don't know if it's recording anything. That's true. I mean, we thought it was, but who knows? You never know. We're pretty sure. We're pretty sure. Raymond doesn't sound underwater anymore. That's, That's good. good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's his, his That's a, episode. But we're coming to you live. It's not live. I'm going to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. That's a lie. Coming to you from Cheryl's spot. We're here. It's the holiday season. We're going to record our holiday special right after this when I'm about six more beers in. 
<laughs> and uh, we hope that you're enjoying this and that you're enjoying your holiday because we know we're going to release this around the first of the year and you're going to listen to it pronto. You're going to get all the way. To, this is episode four, by the way, Ray. Yeah. You're getting into Darley territory. Four, four and I, I give up. That's mm. it. The, the end might suck, but I'm done. <laughs> I'm done telling this story. So it's so good to see both of you. Ray, I yeah. saw you earlier yeah. today. Yeah. Cheryl. Cheryl, I ain't seen you good in a minute. Good to see you guys. I love you, boo. I love you too, man. I was out last week. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to be on vacation this week. Mm-hmm. Even though I still be getting calls and text messages. And- I bet. Justice doesn't take a holiday, am I right? It's wild and ass children. Mm -hmm. All right. So you want me to get into it? Engage. All right. So did we track the pizza? It should be here like now. (laughs) Yeah, any minute now. Oh, I'm excited. So one of the things, you know, 99, Paul Johnson's looking at this. He likes Pierce. And in the, the the recitation of the facts that have been given thus far, it was established that round about this time, Wellborn, Pierce, Springsteen, and Scott were kind of a crew. Mm-hmm. They would more or less the four of them hang out. You know, it might be a different variant of of the four different combination every time, but the four of them kind of ran together. So they talked to Pierce, went through all that in the last episode about the the links they went to to get him to give him anything. And, I mean, he was fully cooperative and just nothing. Didn't pan out. Uh, Wellborn probably didn't even, I mean, really didn't know much about it to the point that Johnson was satisfied. Guy probably didn't know. Um, so we got to talk to the other two guys. We're going to talk to... Springsteen. Well, first we're going to talk to Michael Scott because hmm. Michael Scott is still in Austin. Okay. Springsteen, as you'll recall, is a dude from Nitro, Charleston, West whatever. My God. Yeah. yeah. And uh, as I think we talked about in the last episode, when the where are they now roundabout this time, <clears throat> he's back in West Virginia. So the easier guy to access is Scott still there in the greater Austin area. So one of the best sources I came upon, and frankly, I wish I'd thought to be like Cheryl and read the judicial opinion first rather than a lot of this other nonsense I found out there on the interwebs. Um, this Cheryl thing, knows what's up. This thing has been uh, a very good source of information, but, and it's kind of been something I've alluded to throughout in a footnote in the opinion, I believe it was footnote number eight. Yeah. Apparently in the closing argument, the prosecutor, one of the prosecutors said, it's been a long trial. I think to date it's been the longest trial ever in this county and the Texas Court of Criminal Appeals said, we don't know whether that's an accurate observation, but no summary of the evidence is likely to completely do justice to the link and length and complexity of this trial. Mm. Everybody agrees this case is a giant pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> they do have, in the opinion, I'm not going to go through it because it's pages, single spaced, but they do, or not verbatim anyway, but they have a lot of the interviews of both Scott and Springsteen, in the opinion. Oh, like um, transcripts of the... More or less, yes. Okay. Um, and September 9, 1999, um, so 9999. Nine, nine. Oh, I was just thinking that. They um, speak to Scott, Michael Scott, about his <clears throat> involvement, and um, it was a marathon interview um basically 
I don't know to what extent he was permitted to leave at night and then come back or if he stayed. But basically, they questioned him over the course of the next six days. Six days? Six days. He was interrogated by three different detectives in different combinations that culminated in him giving a written statement. He's a very cooperative fellow to have stayed for six days. Right. I don't even like being around my wife for six days. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lie. I love my wife. <laughs> um, and it, it apparently culminated in him giving a written statement to yet a fourth detective on September 14th. You think if they keep having different detectives ask him the same questions at some point, he'll be like, you know what? I murdered those girls. Well, that's what happened. Ah. What? <laughs> So it's not funny, but it's basically it just it shows. I mean, I like I said, I can't really go into this. It's it's crazy. It says um, it's not an eight part podcast. Yeah, no. On September 9th, 1999, the appellant was questioned. Michael Scott was questioned by the police for approximately 12 hours between nine in the morning and nine thirty at night. Um one of the things that some of the more like, I don't know, conspiracy theorist, anti-law enforcement, or just, you know, general skeptic, cynics, whatever you want to call them, they note, and the, the court noted too, that in this instance, we're not in Polanco territory. These are being recorded, hence the the transcription and the opinions, mm-hmm. but there were a lot of smoke breaks mm. and periods of time when the detectives, oh, you want to step out? Okay. Mm. Comes back in and Matter of fact, I do remember stuff now. Oh, oh. that's not good. Um, so initially for hours, they say at first for several hours, uh, Scott denied any involvement in the murders. Um, but then, you know, by the end of it, here's what happened. Here's how it went down. Let me tell you, you how I yeah. killed these girls. Um, and actually, interestingly, one of the terms used in the written statement that he offered up was challenged by of all folks john jones john jones he was like i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think dude said that or at least if he did that it wasn't coached because at one point yeah he talks about scott talks in in his one of his confessions he talks about how he went in there he had a zippo um they took a few items napkins styrofoam cups whatever piled them up on the girls and that was the way the fire started or well was gonna start but then he forgot that he had lighter fluid out in the car so he went out to the car where wellborn was sitting and then he came back in and he ignited the lighter fluid except he didn't call it lighter fluid he caught it he called it accelerant <laughs> and as you'll recall <laughs> These are four Rhodes Scholars. Yeah. These guys are... Hanging out in the fungus. Right. These guys are morons. Yeah. And, I mean, they're basically all collectively high school dropouts, I think. They're all an alternative school for disciplinary and or educational, <laughs> you know, learning difficulties. And all he of a sudden, out, he says... He goes back and back. At approximately 22, yes. 23, 20 hours, I exited the vehicle. <laughs> right. And grabbed the accelerant. Right. Deployed it. I de- <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, just goes straight cop talk. And that's what Jones said. He I was did. like, that's bullshit. I did. Um, he was like, dude uh, did not come up with that idea of his own volition. Um, so, yeah. But <clears throat> basically, he... I mean, straight up, they have a lot of back and forth. And it's interesting if you... So, the I think the opinion somewhere in here says that the jury watched 
at trial 18 hours of interview. Oh, I'm um, sure they paid attention to every oh, yes. minute. Um, now, there was some stuff in there that seemed to you know kind of raise eyebrows. There was some testimony offered. Um, and I guess I'm getting ahead of myself talking about testimony and trial, but I'll circle back. But apparently at trial, there was some evidence adduced that um, when he was booked into jail, Scott was that a booking officer just asked him random or not random, but routine questions to include. Hey, Did man, you do it? Well, hey, man, you ever <laughs> you ever contemplated suicide? We need to put you on suicide watch sort of thing. Yeah. And he said, uh, well, yeah, I have considered suicide before. And he was like, oh, really? When? He was like, December 6, 1991. The night of the, you know what I mean? So that's mm. weird, right? Okay. Um, but interesting that he would remember the date and not just be like the night after I killed them girls. Right. Um, but so there was a lot of stuff where it seemed pretty clear that he didn't know what was used was fishing for answers. The police would tell him, no, he would just keep guessing until he came up with the right item and they would, you got it, you know, like, so they have excerpts Yahtzee. in here. One of them was like, <laughs> Cheryl's um, face is so I much hate disgust. This. <laughs> so why are they trying mm. so hard to convince everyone that these four dudes are the dudes that done it when clearly they didn't <clears throat> do it? Why not just look for the actual people who did it? Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I need don't, you to take this energy. Don't let the facts and put get it somewhere in, else. Don't let a, the facts get in, in the way of a good story <laughs> now. So um, they've got one excerpt in here that's sort of demonstrative of what I'm talking about. So they, well, first of all, they talked to him about, um, look, we just really need you to visualize what happened. Mm. And they tell him something about this thing called, I've never heard of it, but apparently they talked about it in this interview, something called revivification. Revivification. Revivication, where like something about you know, so they it was analogized to like a, a VCR, where like it's all stored in there. Mm. You just think real hard. You think hard enough, it'll come back to you. Yeah. And I mean, because he out of the gate for like the opinion a VCR. said for hours. Yeah, right. Well, that's what they said in the. I mean, back you then know, in, in ninety nine. You know but he was for hours. He was like, I don't know. I don't know. I didn't do this. I don't do mm. this, bro. Rewind the VCR, bro. It's in the re. Yeah, be kind. Rewind. It's in the recesses. <laughs> it's there, man. Just think harder. And <clears throat> so, um, in one excerpt that the opinion talks about, it says the the investigators suddenly asked him whose idea it was to rob the yogurt shop, and then the following colloquy ensued. Scott, huh? First detective, <laughs> whose idea was it to go in there? Scott. I don't remember going inside detective. Come on, Michael, you went inside earlier. You said we ran back out to the car, meaning you Maurice and Robert, you said we, well, we did Michael. You went with them into that store, Scott. Okay. <laughs> so okay. he's one of these dummies okay. who like we were talking about before the compliant confessor. He's right. just saying what he thinks they want to hear. Oh, I'll get out of here. Whatever. Um, he was guessing at what they, what they bound the girls with. Um, he says he guessed it was wrong. I can't remember going inside. I don't even remember walking through the doors. Um, at first he said, I think they were tied up with an extension cord. They were, they were bound with their own clothing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then, Dippers you know, years. eventually, um, through 
perhaps leading investigation or investigatory questions. Shocker. Oh, it was a t-shirt. You know, he just keeps going, striking out and then comes up with something eventually. But so it goes on and on and on. And by the end of it, he has implicated himself. Um, I think he said, I did shoot one of the girls. There was who raped who. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a disaster. Then about a week later, investigators in Charleston meet up with Springsteen, talk to him. He makes inculpatory statements as well. Um, Six days of uh, interrogation? No. Yeah, I think it was, if I recall, I've got to find the part where I've got reference to him in the opinion. I think it was five and a half hours. Um, okay, so significantly less, but still substantial. Yeah, and he he said that Springsteen um, that he, he raped one of the girls, didn't think he ejaculated, talked about the number of shots, talked about the 380 versus the 22. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So there were certain things that lended a certain sense of credibility to what he was saying, except for the fact that as we've established, the gun didn't match. Yeah. Problem. No surveillance, no eyewitness, nobody puts them there. Um, at least at this point, we don't have any DNA matching any of them. Foreshadowing? Foreshadowing? At least at this point. You saw that? Well, we'll get to DNA. Mm -hmm. At this point, there's no DNA um, going one way or the other. Okay. Um, And the list of whatever it was, 13 items to hold back, pretty much everything got disclosed because apparently APD back then was just, you know, it it was a college. Everything, yeah, just flowed right through it. So, um, this information had been out there and there was basically aside from these two primary confessions um also there was something to do in the scott confession with it's kind of hard to see the you know the quality in the the rooms back then especially with grayscale it was kind of grainy but there was a suggestion he said that one of the detectives at one point in uh sort of a reenactment if you will of how the girls were executed held a gun to his head oh, oh. So where was it? Was it here, Michael? Right here. Was it here? Yeah, right. <clears throat> okay. And it's not it's not completely clear that that's what happened in the video, but there certainly is some closing of the distance and the officers, something, hand, whatever, appendage is up near Scott's head at one point. Um, <laughs> that's what she said. Oh, I've been waiting to try to work a Michael Scott joke in. Bam, bam. <clears throat> um, where does pizza at? I'm right? saying... I'm fixing the what? Six seventeen was supposed to be the latest. It's six twenty-four. I'm saying they did thank us for our patience. Huh? Yeah, right. They did. I finished the this beer. I should have brought three moities in. That says it's on the way. It said that for a minute though. Kings ain't that far away. It's right. You could throw a rock. Kings I mean, a small rock, away. not a large one. A pebble. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> based on these two confessions, if you will, quote unquote. Air quotes confessions. Mm-hmm. Scott and Springsteen. Nice airtight. In, I, I should know the answer to this. I don't know if it was late 99 or early 2000. All three of them, Pierce, Scott, Springsteen, get indicted mm-hmm. for four counts of capital murder. And um, there was stuff in the book about transferring some of them from juvenile to adult status. It was weird. Um, they, were, they committed the crimes when they were, ju- some of them were juveniles still. Whatever. Were they trying to body him in Texas for this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. 
um, this this was a, a, a capital murder <clears throat> case, which in, in Texas makes them death penalty eligible, and they <clears throat> were seeking it. Um, this is before that case that says you can't kill kids? Well, that comes into the play in this case. Okay. Um, so in... Basically, like I said, they're all three. They're all three indicted on four counts of capital murder, as I recall. And um, Springsteen is tried first. He goes to trial first. That's that West Virginia. Yes. Okay. They they also talk in the book a little bit about how he. Um, I mean, this is kind of nerding out for people in the law game, not your casual listener, but apparently dude actually did fight extradition in Charleston oh, for oh. like six weeks, and there was all this debate about well capital punishment is not on the table in West Virginia. Like it was some novel argument that his counsel tried, but it's not on the table here. So it'd be cruel and unusual punishment to extradite him back to a jurisdiction where it's it is to and blah, 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 blah. Mm. And it didn't work. No, that the Kanawha County Circuit Court was like, yeah, gone. And so he got extradited back to Texas. He was tried first and he was convicted and he was sentenced to death. Oh, and then Ooh, on those facts, just a confession. Well, and, we'll we'll get into what uh, what evidence was actually offered okay. at trial. But then in 2002, death. Scott was tried, and I'm not entirely certain why. I probably could have delved into it a little bit more, but uh, the jury returned a, I guess, what would be akin to our recommendation of mercy. They gave him life, life without, but but not still, the needle. Okay. Um, and then. Uh, interestingly, the uh, Travis County DA's office put the Wellborn charges before the grand jury in either 99 or 2000, and then again in the later portion of 99, 2000, and twice, no true bill. Oh, what? No true bill? Yep. Hey! So... <laughs> That wait, so, hold on. You got you your theory of the case is that these three dudes did this. You got the needle on one, life without on the other, and, they and you can't even you can't even third? get them to get you a true. You bill? can't even get PC on the on the third guy on Forrest Whitaker. Golly, yeah, right. And uh, so hmm. they roll on Springsteen and Scott, body them, and then based in two thousand three, the. Travis County DA's office decides we don't have enough to prove our case against Maurice Pierce. He's been in jail since 99. What? Pierce is where it all started. Get this remain, dude. <clears throat> we don't, I assumed by this point they've realized that, okay, well. You got a different if, prosecutor too, well, like as far dude, as elections? Oh my God. The, the, the back and forth yeah. at the top of APD, the Travis County DA's office over the pendency of the 30 years of this case, it's just constantly a new task force it's this wound that's festering in austin that won't heal every new administration we're going to get to the bottom of this new cold case you know high initiative and a high priority initiative in this administration blah 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 over and over and over and over again um but i guess they realized okay well if we go to trial the fact that this dude voluntarily consented to like 74 interviews hypnosis tried to wire up his man like he probably like we're gonna lose <laughs> we need something he says, you know, his gun was in the equation back in 91 and now here in 99, 2000, we still can't ballistically match it. Actually, 
what the ballistics evidence suggests is that the gun was not used. We can exclude it. Not uh, okay. So we got. But they had even less on the other two. Indeed, taken over for the ninety-nine and the two thousand. So, um, then in two thousand six, and two. Well, so I can't recall exactly when, but you're right. There was the decision handed down by the Supreme Court that said you can't kill kids. Right. And so um, Springsteen's sentence was commuted to life. And then in 2006 and 2007, um, I guess it was 2006 would have been the decision in Springsteen's and the decision in Scott's would have been in 2007. But at trial, the only evidence they had on these fools because they had nothing else mm-hmm. were, were the confessions, confessions. of the other. Mm-hmm. And they tried them separately and they used the confessions of the other to all. Oh. So they got Crawforded hard. hard. They, they, the convictions were vacated. They said ah. violation of the sixth amendment confrontation clause. You've got to be able to confront your accuser. Crawford it was certain kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was improper for you to use the confessions of, Springsteen against Scott and Scott against Springsteen. They didn't have the right to challenge. No, no good. Now, why would that be a problem, Ray? Well, that's like I said, you got the right to confront your accuser. And if you don't, if they assert the fifth because they're also on trial and not trying to inculpate themselves, they don't testify. And then Mm. therefore now you've got hearsay problems. You don't have the chance to actually challenge it. And you can't cross-examine somebody who ain't there. That recording. Right. Can you? Which is a problem. What's the actual, is it, is it, What's the actual case name on Crawford? Crawford, Crawford B. B. Washington. B. Washington. Yeah. Washington. Mm-hmm. Washington. Yep. Crawford B. Oh, Washington. Maybe this is the pizza. Oh, they call in. Oh, oh. Where oh. do you live at, girl? Hello. Hi. Oh, you can't find the house. It's the one with no. me in it. Um, if you- all right, so we're just going to get back into it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. All right. Yeah. Asking all them questions. So, yeah. and uh, so they, they were overturned? Yes, they were overturned. Their convictions were vacated. And what ultimately wound up happening was that in, I believe it was in 2009, the judge who was presiding over the cases, so there had been, been a multitude of continuances primarily because there had been advances in DNA technology science and the state wanted to explore these while the guy had sat in jail. I don't recall if they got Mm. PR or not. No, I think they did. I mean, they were still probably sitting there without bond. And I think at one point, I think that's what it was. The, a few of the continuances were like, I mean, okay, fine. Understood. They're going to sit in jail. Um, But then the court became increasingly hostile to continuances and was like, fine, y'all want to keep continuing this. We're going to, I'm a PR. And then it got to the point where the judge was like, we are having a trial or else. Like I'm not granting another continuance. Try it or know you. Right. And they opted for the latter. Okay. So in 2009, they just let it ride. 
they, they were like, we're, we're good for now mm-hmm. because the uh, advances in technology um, permitted the, some of the swabs from the victims that had previously been untestable mm-hmm. now testable. And it would have, it was basically, they were utilizing the YSTR. Hey. So, and I mean, <clears throat> I don't know, I don't know if you want to break them off with a little bit of Mm. Now you know YSTR, or I can give them a, a real high level that stuff is beyond my comprehension. That's why we have DNA experts testify for Worse. us. I, no, absolutely. I mean, I can give a low level. I can give YSTR, right? <clears throat> male. It's, it's in the cro- male. Yes. Male. The males have the Y. The Y chromosome. XY. Yup. Girls is the XX. And so if they are sifting through the DNAs, and they catch a Y, well, they know it's a dude. And then they can look at it from there. Now, what I don't understand is why, my understanding is even today with YSTR, you're not going to get the level of matcharoonies like you do with like a D, this is a DNA match. Right. One in 472 octillion, no nillion, this is this dude. You don't get that those kind of stats, but you get like, yeah, I don't. It's it's one in seventeen thousand dudes that are in this area that are not related to this dude. Like they they have stranger, you know. But I know with YSTR, it's through the through the dudes. So like, yes. that could be yours. It it's, could be your daddy's. Right. It's it could be your daddy's male, daddy's male lineage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, as I understand it, it doesn't like sort of like you're saying. It doesn't really help you necessarily match it to a particular perpetrator but mm-hmm. just that he's a male in this family line and it helps right. you exclude folks pretty oh, yeah. easily but Bet. then yeah you know you could very easily exclude someone with <clears throat> ystr right well so if you don't know now you know that's right ystr so um basically i guess in 2009 when the decision to walk away from the prosecution of these guys at least temporarily was made the elected at the time and Travis County said, well, let's explore what we have, try to see if we can make headway in the investigation through the utilization of this YSTR DNA testing. And basically what happened was they were able to generate a partial DNA profile from one of the girls. A partial male DNA? Yes. Oh! Through, through the YSTR. They were able to find one of the males. Uh, or they were able to, to, to generate a partial profile. Um, but they tested. Or Stebbie Downer, that could have been old girl's boyfriend or something, right? I mean, well, right? and apparently he was, I think there was something to do. I read that he was in actually maybe two of the girls. Oh, well, well, no, it was what they what the suspicion was. Perpetrator. Perpetrator. He had, oh. he, had oh. <laughs> he had sex with one of the girls. Yeah. The rapist <clears throat> raped the first girl and, and then, then transferred the DNA to the other. Oh, oh, that's a thing that could happen. Yeah. That's what they suspected. They were like, this do we Because I'm sure old boys got now. Yeah, they were like, we this. talked to him. He well, this guy is not a serial, you know, he did not kill four. Uh, girls to include his girlfriend who i think as i recall i've maybe mentioned in the first episode like she was wearing his class ring and stuff like but can we also mm. say evidence against him now stronger than any of the other four people that actually <laughs> well, yeah. tried to charge well and so that leads me to the why YS- <laughs> right girl you right the even, irony in all of it even though it was only a partial ystr mm. profile they were able to generate off of the 
uh, rape swab, if you will, mm -hmm. um, rape kit swab, could exclude all four of the dudes. <laughs> there we go. <clears throat> and here's yeah. how uh, sort of entrenched the investigators through APD were. They said, no. oh, no, 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 no. That doesn't mean they didn't do it. No. no. That means there's a fifth guy that we missed. Oh, my God. These morons. Just, can have, you please just admit you were wrong? Right. These morons have been able to keep their mouths shut and never implicate. They implicated each other themselves over the course of the last decade and a half or whatever. But never one time this mystery fifth person. But that had to have been who did it because these guys were excluded. They were involved, but the rapist, he's still out there. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's how bad it was. Yikes. <clears throat> Johnson and company. Jones was like, bro, I told you. <laughs> right, I told you back in the day they didn't do it. Mike Jones been telling you. Um, mm. Done so, already said. So, and actually, they went above and beyond, too. They did, they got DNA profiles off of, or DNA samples off of over 100 dudes between the investigators the firefighters the the coroners the you know the the forensic pathologist anybody who might have accidentally left dna traced dna up on these girls they um got their dna compared it against the partial ystr profile all of them excluded <clears throat> so um then the case takes a turn uh, for the positive. In 2017, oh, a what's his name? There was a detective in um, Austin who learned that there was a database of DNA of YSTR <laughs> where golly, you, Jim. Well, it, this isn't CODIS. <clears throat> this is this is a YSTR uh, database that is maintained by the University of Central Florida. Such a pretty dog. Thanks. And it was it was searchable. Basically, I guess you had to put in I don't know a certain genetic marker information or whatever, and you could search it and query and see if you had any hits. Mm -hmm. Well, this astute detective did that, and he got a hit. It said, you you have a hit. On You've got YSTR partial, we've got somebody in our database matches. No. So everybody's- on, I'm excited. Everybody's Who on is? cloud nine, right? Well, um, problem yes. is- It was Mike Jones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who it is, though? Who, who that is? Well, that's, that's the- uh, Ray can't find who it is. He's flipping through no, these pages. Well, like that's, wouldn't even, that's the issue. We still don't know. Right. What? Because there's a federal privacy law that says if you are, if your DNA profile is submitted to one of these databases anonymously, those results cannot be revealed. So who, what? So, so the killer. Okay. No, not the killer. The guy whose DNA was on this dead girl voluntarily anonymously gave his dna for some database <clears throat> well, and so, now we can't see who did it so here's what happened i found it now in 2017 austin police detective jay swan learned about this online database Swan. and 
basically he went to this university of central Florida. It's called the USY STR database and it has 29,000 samples for population research population. And, um, the website does now, I don't know if back in 17 it did, but it does now have a disclaimer that says this is not a law enforcement database and quote, cannot be used to identify a particular individual whose sample is in the database. All donors are anonymous and samples cannot be traced back to specific individuals. Austin PD was like, yeah, that sounds really stupid in this context. Maybe we can just get around that. Mm -hmm. Um, And can we Watergate this? Can we just break into this spot? Right. (laughs) So what they learned though, and I still don't entirely understand this part of it, but that the submission was provided to the university of central Florida by an analyst with the FBI. And as part of this uh, population research endeavor. So the FBI should have it. Well, they're not talking. And don't get me started. Don't get me started on that. The FBI knows who the killer is. Don't get me started on that. I won't say. I'm going to get, you know, you know what's going to happen to me. (laughs) I get to talking. Um, So leave Mr. Joe alone. You don't have to leave me alone. I guess one of the reasons that the law exists and why the FBI would refuse to comply citing this privacy law was they said, well, unlike traditional DNA that confirms a specific person's identity, YSTR could implicate thousands of guys who have the same general male profile as the one that this Swan detective found. I think that would be less intrusive because we're not pinning it on you. We're just saying you or someone in your crew. So we've got, we can, we can look for other clues now and we can try to narrow down. Oh, well, guess what? You got a cousin, Timmy, who's living in Austin. Maybe we'll go talk to Timmy and do some police work. I, I think that's better than like, oh yeah, no, this is your guy. Like your golden state killer stuff. Right. Well, and this is exactly like the golden state killer stuff. Um, and, but so, Apparently, the FBI admitted, yes, we did provide anonymous male profiles to this school for its study and something to do with their, you know, helping them study a specific population demographics research. I don't know. Mm. And we're allowed to do that because it gets maintained anonymously, can't be disclosed. You all want to do your sciencey stuff. Go ahead. But nobody's going to get prosecuted behind this sort of thing. And so the prosecutors in Texas are, you know, law enforcement generally in Texas, they're losing their minds. They're like, are you serious? Yeah. So they go to their congressman. Rightfully so. A guy by the name of Michael McCall, who was the chairman of the House Homeland Security Committee, Mm. which oversees the Bureau. Mm. And he basically leaned on the FBI to say, I want y'all within the bounds of the law to do everything you can to help them. Mm -hmm. Um, And something in the Patriot Act about this. More or less they continued at least for a while to sorry that got (laughs) (laughs) Um, something i know about everything willow they continued to stonewall Mm. and um so let me see here where i was where i was okay so yes so then um i probably upon the exertion of pressure from this congressman 
2020, the FBI said, all right, all right, all right, all right. 2020. We'll work with you a little bit. <clears throat> um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what we can do. Maybe, you know, we're not going to, I think essentially what the compromise that was reached was we're not going to tell you who this person is. We're just not. <laughs> but we will help you see His if name there's. rhymes <laughs> with right. Bo Dyden. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Terrible. <Yeah>. No, <laughs> we're not going to tell you. But we can help you see if there's more sophisticated testing that can be done on the YSTR, you know, samples that y'all still have. Obviously, the initial go around was in 09. It's now 2020. Mm. Maybe we can maybe we can help you. There's been advances, whatever. Sure. So um, early on, the sample that was taken in Texas was not very detailed. It only had apparently 16 markers. Okay. And. In 20, is it 2020 something that you try to get 20? Well, so in 2020, they were able, I guess they, they were able to, through, I don't know, more sophisticated means, they were able to come up with 25. Hey. And they were like, we're still not going to tell you who it was. <laughs> but what we are going to tell you is that now that we have a clearer idea of who the contributor was, it was not the dude in the database anymore. It okay. Was, so All it's right. a family member of the dude in the database, a male family member of the dude Maybe. in the database. And how far removed, I don't know, but they were like, look, the dude you liked for this that you got a hit on, it ain't him. So so if you'd have told me that from the jump, I could have got done his stupid family tree and figured this stuff out a long time ago. Right. But they're like, we're not going to give you the tree to look up. Like, we're not, you're not going to go out the branches. We're not telling you anything. We're just telling you that guy, it ain't him. So... As of 2020, um, they don't know. They still don't know to this day. And, they have you know, a more sophisticated DNA profile. But yeah, they've got a more, more right. fuller. But they don't know. <clears throat> and, and the problem is that, you know, I guess you can do amplification and so forth of the DNA. But mm -hmm. every time that you do this testing, the material to some You're degree reducing. gets consumed. Sure. And they're running out of biological shit to test. All right. So hear me out. What if pivot? <clears throat> FBI is being a douchebag. What if you what if you go to uh uh 23 and me now? What if Texas, what if these investigators, if you've got a more fuller profile, maybe they could do that pitch. Try to try to golden state it. Try to get get somebody off of that database. Or are those are those databases, I wonder. I'm not asking you as if you I, yeah, have I done know. this research. I, think I wonder if they're, if they're if they're shutting down mm -hmm. now because we you know, because they don't want to have a chilling effect on their business. Probably. Of selling. You know, I don't care. I did it. If you're my cousin and you kill somebody, that's your own damn fault. I, you know, make better choices. Don't leave DNA, you dummy. Keep a throwaway gun. Don't be stupid. But yeah, so so like I told you in the beginning, it was going to be a um, an unsatisfying <clears throat> case because they have no idea. Not a clue. But they have a pretty substantial profile of maybe a guy who did it. Yeah. Somebody of his family. Mm hmm This somebody's lineage. And then within that. Well, riddle me this, though. Okay. Uh, there's there's the national databases, but states, all states, I think, have their own DNA. I know our state does. Yeah. Have their own DNA database. You're telling me that a guy in 1991. One. Guy in 91. Rapes and moitas. Moitas. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Moitas. Spoiler alert. We're at Cheryl's. I'm drinking. Um, 
murders. You haven't had that much to drink. Don't blame I, it on the beer. I'm not. I'm not. I'm more drunk on the pizza, which was delicious. So by good. the way, I got a Venmo. You <laughs> drunk the, on the um, carbs. Oh yeah, stacks, 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 stacks. But I'm just saying, rape and murder for young gals. And burn, set a fire. Burning place down yeah. in 1991. You're telling me. You Definitely not a one. You ain't found your way into a penitentiary in the state of Texas or somewhere else, wherein, as part of your conviction, you are required to give a DNA sample so we can find out that you did this. I mean, you would think that investigators have explored that over the course of the right. thirty plus years, but apparently they haven't come up with it yet. Dude went to Mexico. Yeah, either that or you know, I mean, I mean, we looked at some folks from Mexico, <clears throat> right? We did. Maybe dude got dead. I I don't know. But I mean, because it was 30 plus years ago, but they mm -hmm. haven't apparently, I mean, at least publicly, they've got no idea. Privately, apparently, a number of these fools still think it's these four they have. Oh, my guys. God. Like I said, they believe they subscribe to the fifth man theory. The uh, what was it called? The magic bullet theory. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no, that's that's where it stands. The only other sort of like a little interesting. Wait, are we going to have a debate on JFK's assassination? No, because I don't know get... anything about it. OK. The, I, I don't. Grassy Knoll Atkinson. I, I don't, don't know if you've ever watched the cartoon series in Inside Job, no. but it's amazing. No, I don't. I don't get down on conspiracy theories. Mm. But um, the only other sort of like a little interesting factoid about this case was that you know our our boy um, Maurice Pierce, as I indicated, he was the only one. I mean, obviously, he was the one who had the gun at the mall right. that didn't match anything. Right. Yeah. But he was the only one who really kind of got into legit trouble. Um, had those trespassings, the, the the possession of stolen property, all this other stuff, assaults and so forth. <clears throat> well, in, oh, Bruce Springsteen turned out okay from West Virginia. He I sounded mean, like a delinquent. I mean, they all kind of were, but but mm. but Pierce was the worst of them. Yeah. And um, in 2010, he'd had some run-ins. He had some some dust-ups in Travis County, and then I think it was Collins County, which I think is like an adjacent county or something like that. Um, but there was an incident where he, I, he really, as you'll recall, his two primary interests were guns and cars and always was a car guy, Bet. always liked to drive fast cars. Mm. And he had an incident where he, um, had been charged with assault on a, an officer or something like that, malicious wounding or something where basically some sort of traffic stop occurred and he gunned it and like kind of clipped an officer oh. and I think he was all right, but you know, whatever it, it was a car and they miss police. And, yeah. yeah. Um, but so then in 2010, he, and this is where some of the conspiracy theories come in about the Austin PD exacting revenge mm. in 2010. Did he, he Paul Walker? No, okay. he was driving and apparently was on the phone with somebody, a sister, I believe it was. And he was just kind of absentmindedly driving. He rolled a stop sign. And uh, just within a couple blocks of, of his destination, I think he was going to his sister's house. And Austin PD saw this and tried to light him up. And he fled in the vehicle there for a while, then foot bailed. Hmm. A, Idiot. The, the <laughs> officer. Idiot. Idiot. The officer. You only compound mm. any problem that you might have by mm. doing that. Mm. Oh, yeah. No doubt. And you put other people's lives in danger. And you're an idiot. Well, not for long. Oh, <laughs> uh, because he he footbailed and the uh, Travis County deputy or Austin Police Department officer, whatever he was, I think he was APD. He uh, ran him down, 
And apparently a uh, scuffle ensued Mm. and Pierce was able to, according to the testimony of officers, uh, and I think it was substantiated by the medical stuff, but basically he was able to take a knife that the officer had on his his vest vest or his belt or whatever Mm -hmm. and actually nicked the officer's carotid. Oh, and another officer, I think, was able to like put pressure on it and saved his life and whatever. But before they, uh, oh, left we the know scene, how that ends. They shot old boy dead. Yeah, and so Mag dump. Maurice Pierce is no no longer There's among no the living. More. Yeah, mm. but so yeah, you got the three others all acquitted and uh, or well, never never tried uh, a retried, I guess I should say. But yeah. the um, there's interesting discussion about. I think it's. Scott is trying to um, create essentially a new body of law in Texas to be compensated for his time, his decade behind bars. Mm -hmm. But because he was technically never exonerated, he just wasn't retried. Like he never got acquitted in front of a jury. So therefore, I guess under Texas law, he can't be considered wrongfully convicted and, and wrongfully incarcerated. Therefore he's not entitled to any damages. See, I think that's, I, th- first off, I, I mean, boohoo. Like, I know it's terrible, but like you confessed, shut up. Uh, you're going to do time in prison. But the other, uh, you know, the other part of that After is- After a six day interrogation. Look, I know it's wrong. I know it's wrong, but- With no corroborative evidence. But, right. But you, the words came out of your mouth. Like, shut up, dummy. So- yeah, there was a lot of stuff he said. I mean, it he was, said he said dumb things. Yeah, and, about shooting and raping and, and yeah. And I'm not I'm not saying that people shouldn't be compensated, but to me that's silly. What I'm getting at is the the higher court saying you know overturning a conviction and saying no, this is you know this is not it. Like why would you need an acquittal? Like why would like to me acquittals come when people are guilty? Uh, you know, it just means you can't prove it. Like if if the court has said this was bad enough. They were overturning your conviction. I don't know why they would require. Right. People who are acquitted aren't entitled to compensation for any right. damages because they're charged. Right. It just means they just didn't prove it. Right. It doesn't mean you're innocent. No, no acquittal is a finding of innocence. It's a finding that the state didn't prove its case. And so you could sit in jail for two years waiting for your trial and you get acquitted and then you you go on home. It doesn't mean anything was malicious or you're entitled to any compensation for that. I, if, right. But I think. And correct me if I'm wrong, Raymond, what you're saying is that under Texas law, he can't even sue them civilly because in order to do that, you have to he have needs an acquittal. wrongfully, mm-hmm. you have to show that you were wrongfully convicted. Well, didn't mm-hmm. this conviction get overturned? Right. Yes. But not for innocence uh-huh. or anything like that, just on a legal technicality. Mm-hmm. Under or, a Crawford stuff, Crawford. confrontation. And they. OK, know, that's yeah. fair. It's not like it was a. They didn't make a factual determination that it was, you know, insufficiency of the evidence or something ridiculous like that. Well, even insufficiency of the evidence wouldn't exonerate him. Word. Like you just said. Yeah, I mean. They, but neither would an acquittal. So like what? Right. You know. You know. But yeah. But so, it doesn't make sense that that your ability to get any sort of civil compensation would depend on the outcome of the criminal proceeding. Yeah. Seems dumb. Yeah. But um, 30, what? One years now going yeah. on 32 years not really any closer than day one hmm. well wah, wah. you know the public will probably see it when we post the first installment of this uh opus that you've put together here 
but uh, I did, and then you talk about. It, I did get to to go to the spot where the uh, yogurt mm. shop was yes. in September when uh, my wife and I went on our anniversary. We went to Austin and made sure to go find the spot. And it's a weird little spot. You just pull in, and it's like a you know strip mall type thing. I'm sure it's built up more now than what it was in '91 as well. But right where right where you said it would be, there's a plaque. And we're gonna put pictures of that on the Instagrams. Uh, about the girls and uh man yeah tough story and you know you'd you'd just think that dna's got to be the key right i mean at some point that dna's got to hit but you yeah. think it would have happened by now you would think so i mean that the pro <clears throat> the, what the, the 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 biological material they have that they have generated at least a partial maybe now a complete i don't know profile off of it maybe the 25 markers is enough to call it complete mm -hmm. um that came from inside one of those girls yeah that should do it, right? You that that should, that should be do the it. nail in the coffin, right? But they, I, I don't know. They can't, they can't figure out who it is, and mm. you know, all the while, I just the the one thing that I thought was interesting in reading, or one of the things I thought was interesting in reading the books and and a lot of the um, various media accounts, CBS, all all the different media outlets, the families are still pretty vocal. And I just couldn't imagine the roller coaster ride they've oh, been on over the last thirty years, right? Awful. Like, we got no up leads. and down we and up and down. Just straight up roller coaster for We got confessions. Mm -hmm. We got yep. yep. We got convictions. Nope. We got <sighs> DNA. No, we don't. I mean just mm. and actually in one of the articles I read, the dad of uh uh I can't remember whatever, Mr. Ayers, I can't remember mm -hmm. his first name now. He um <clears throat> he was pretty much like, man, um, I'm I'm getting to the point now where I'm I'm losing hope. I don't think it's going to happen in in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that is the yogurt shop murder case. And as I said, every new administration, whatever, there's a the concerted effort to revive the investigation to finally solve this for these four girls, for the community at large. And I mean, it seems like it's going to be a continuous effort until one day they crack it. But they don't seem any closer now than they did, like I said, on December 7th, 1991. You know, and <clears throat> this DNA tip that I think will have to be what cracks it if it ever gets cracked is this DNA. December 6th, 19. How, how fortunate that they even have that with how, because I, I was listening to episode one again today. Just the arson and the tomfoolery with regard to the evidence and people oh. sitting stuff outside and everything being lost and nothing being documented and people not trying to take latent prints. The word latent means not visible <laughs> right. uh, because if they're not going to take a latent print unless they see the print. Like all that ridiculousness and you still somehow have a at least a, a moderately substantial DNA sample for comparison purposes for someday when hopefully this thing gets solved. So, you know, tiny blessings, silver linings. Ugh. Yeah, maybe maybe one of our listeners can solve it. That's it. Apparently That's it. nobody else can. I bet they can. We got good listeners. <laughs> mm. Wow. Cheryl, any yeah. parting thoughts on Ray's opus here? The just I remember asking him, because the book's called Who Killed These Girls? You know, we're going to get the answer to that question. He's like, no, 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 we're not. No. Spoiler alert. No. And Spoiler alert. No. He's right. I, I, I feel this kind of a letdown. Right. So unfulfilled. You're just like, ah, uh, 
after all these episodes, we don't even get to answer the question. And, well, and not even have really any, no leads. Right. We got nothing. I right. mean, you can't say we got nothing. We got a partial DNA oh, no. sample that's right. but no, 25 no points. And like leads. Joe said, this is not a one-off crime. You mm. killed four people and burned them and it's the only crime you ever committed? I don't believe that. No. Yeah. But the other problem is it's been 30 years. So when we do figure out who did it, they did. They're oh, either yeah. dead or they've lived 30 some years of freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they've gone to prison for other things, but if they did, you'd think right. we'd find a hit. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's just it's a it's a weird one. You'd think there'd be something to compare that sample against out there for yeah. law enforcement. Yeah. You would think. Yeah. Who I knows? Bet. Maybe some state or federal agency has it and they just won't give it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Well, good, great job, Ray. Thank you for that. That's been a lot of work, and uh, probably should have been a lot of lot more work. But I just wanted it to be over. I'm not going to lie no, to you. You know, <laughs> the, you you identified this as a case from the jump when we just said we were going to do a podcast. This was like the first one I think you came across, right? You were like, I want to do this, but it's going to be a minute. <laughs> yes, and here we that. are, close, <laughs> closing out 2022, um, and uh, finally finished it. So. Well done. Excellent work. I'm looking forward to rolling into part two of this recording sesh. Yes. Of the holiday fun. holiday extravaganza. But so season <clears throat> recap. At least for us. New you know, season preview. It's gonna be a quick turnaround. Yeah, but oh man, looking forward to it. Gonna slam some more beers. <laughs> so thank y'all for listening. And you know, I will I will say this one more thing before we sign off on this episode. And that is, I just hope, I I keep going back to how terribly the first 48 hours of this investigation went. And there's <laughs> yeah. so many, there's so many what ifs, right? Of what if, and I'm hopeful that certainly in a big place like Austin, Texas, which is now, I think, certified a big place. Um, and, you know, even here in more rural areas of the country, I like to think that we're better than that now that certainly austin pd is better than that now and and that other places you know with with technology and it finding its way into law enforcement and investigations and an understanding more of the valuable nature of that kind of evidence i i hope that uh something like this wouldn't happen as far as that monstrosity of the first 48 <laughs> yeah eh. hopeful thoughts at the end of a year Looking toward a new year of glory. Anyway, uh, have fun. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, And until next time, y'all stay out of trouble. I got the Siamese cat one. Just slays me. Very expressive eyes. One is like looking... Yeah. <laughs> With who? Yeah. You been where? I just always With my. Who? I think my favorite part of the whole thing is in the very beginning when he's eating the pizza and he's like, "Do so you eat the girl booty like?" <laughs> <laughs> he just pulls up the pizza box, got grease all over his face.